0: Welcome to another installment of Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Roseborough. I am your servant in Jesus Christ. This is the channel that compares what people are saying in the name of God to the word of God. So if you think back to the interview I did with uh, this year with Doug Guyvett and Holly Pivok, one of the things they noted is that there are legitimate New Age pagan witchcraft-type practices that are being smuggled into the church, and somehow they're trying to redeem them all under the name of, well, this is something that the Holy Spirit is doing, Uh, practices that are forbidden by Scripture, and it's churches like Bethel and other churches in the NAR that are leading the way in bringing these practices in. Here's the issue. These practices are clearly forbidden by God. Uh, most notably, and this is what we're going to be covering in our episode today, is that there are a lot of places that call themselves prophetic, uh, where somebody will get up and preach and teach and claim that God is speaking through, and they won't use the word, they'll just describe it in a way that you can clearly see what it is, but they, that God is speaking through omens hmm Yeah. No, God expressly forbids in his word the reading of omens. It is an abominable practice forbidden by God, which God has made it clear is a breaking of the commandment. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain because what you're doing is you're attributing to God a voice that he has made clear he ain't ever going to speak through. Let, let me explain. So what we're going to do today, we're going to whirl up the desktop first and uh, experimental composition there that I took back in June in Hickory, uh, North Carolina. I, I, I won't explain it at the moment. It's probably best if I don't. But uh, let me whirl up my web browser and we're going to head over to Global Awakening and we're going to be listening to a woman who claims to be a prophet. Uh, her name is Krista Smith, and this is a, she's associated with a group that's clearly into the New Apostolic Reformation. And she is going to be preaching, which God's Word forbids her to do. You know, I just want you to note this. Anytime you see a woman preaching a sermon, you are in trouble. Because that woman, uh, if she claims that she's opening up the word of God to you, she's not. She is in direct violation to a clear command of Jesus Christ that women are to remain silent in the church. That's a command from Jesus, not from the Apostle Paul. Read all of 1 Corinthians 14, you'll see what I'm saying. But on top of that, she, rather than preaching the word in opening up a biblical text and exegeting it, is now taking us down a different path to hear a voice that isn't the voice of God. And by doing so, she's causing people to trust in lies and to believe that they can do the same thing and expect God to talk to them through patterns and things like this when God's made it clear he don't talk this way. He doesn't talk through these means. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I've given enough of a... <clears throat> of, of, of prep for what it is that's coming. So let's listen in.
1: In 2019, I had prophetic encounters and being a prophetic person, God often speaks to me in sequences and patterns. Anyone else relate?
0: What? God speaks to you in sequences and patterns. No, he doesn't. This is omens. This is forbidden by Scripture. Let me, let me give you some biblical text along these lines. So Deuteronomy 18 has the clearest passage, and you're going to note then that this is related to the command in Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, uh, for Yahweh will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. So this is blasphemy to attribute to God a voice that is not his. And you're going to note that this comes back down then to you shall have no other gods before me. The God that she believes in breaks his own commandments. The God that she believes in is contradicts himself, necessarily contradicts himself. Makes me wonder, is she into this open theism of the NAR? But you're going to note, what she's doing is clearly forbidden by Scripture. Deuteronomy 18 says this, uh, when you come into the land the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominable practices of those nations. Important to note here. Uh, This is a command that God is giving to the children of Israel as they are to enter into the promised land. And this prohibition still applies because God still considers these to be abominable practices. Uh, And these they will continue to be abominable until Jesus returns, at which point they will cease to exist into the, into eternity. All right. There shall not be found among you anyone who burns his son or his daughter as an offering, anyone who practices divination or tells fortunes or interprets omens. That's right. You're not allowed to interpret omens. So if you are sleeping soundly and all of a sudden you hear a bang in the middle of the night and you wake up and you look over at your Get your iPhone, and you check the time, and the time says 444. You know what that means? Nothing. It doesn't mean a thing. <laughs> God isn't speaking to you through numbers or patterns or sequences. In fact, this makes it clear. God will not be talking to you in this way, because this is an abominable practice. So... Anyone who practices divination or tells fortunes or interprets omens or is a sorcerer or a charmer or a medium or a necromancer or one who inquires of the dead, whoever does these things is an abomination to Yahweh. Still to this day, that is the case. And because of these abominations, Yahweh your God is driving them out before you. You shall be blameless before Yahweh your God for these nations which you are about to dispossess. Listen to fortune tellers and to diviners. But as for you, Yahweh your God has not allowed you to do this. It's forbidden. The reading of omens. And so you'll note, Krista Smith here She's saying that God speaks to her through patterns and things like this. Can anyone relate? That isn't the voice of God. You are acting presumptuously. You are causing people to believe in lies and to believe that God contradicts himself and breaks his own commands, that God is going to speak to you through the interpretation of omens, which is going to require you then to engage in abominable practice that God is forbidden. But God isn't going to do that. So let me back this up and you'll get the point.
1: In 2019, I had prophetic encounters. And being a prophetic person, God often speaks to me in sequences and patterns. Anyone else relate? Where the same conversation, the same situation, the same details begin to take place again and again and again. And you notice, okay, God, you're trying to get my attention. Pay attention to the patterns and the sequences that God is speaking to you.
0: He isn't speaking to me through patterns or sequences. God speaks to me through his word. And so I would note here, there's, there's another warning I think that is um, notable in this regard. 1 Timothy chapter 4 says this, Now the Spirit expressly, this is the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and the teachings of demons through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared. That's exactly what's going on here. This woman is devoting herself to a deceitful spirit. She's not hearing the voice of God in these sequences and patterns. It's a different voice altogether. It's not the Holy Spirit. And we were warned by God, the Holy Spirit, in the New Testament and the Old about such practices. Keep that in mind.
1: What I began to notice was I was in Washington, D.C., and we were about to minister. My husband's preaching at that service, and I'm sitting there, and I've had an iPhone for many years. I was probably one of the first subscribers, right? That first year it got released, I had one. So I'm very familiar with how an iPhone works. And up until this point, this had never taken place. All of a sudden, my phone begins to call 911. Right, on its own. I'm in the middle of a service that calls 911. I look down.
0: So you butt dialed 911. Got it.
1: And I panic, and I'm not saying this was a good decision. I'm just saying it was my decision. My decision was I just hung up. But in Washington, D.C., they do something a little different. They call you back. In Washington, D.C., if you call 911 and hang up, they return your call, which is awesome, except for if you're in a service. And so what I did is when I saw the call coming back to me, I hit, again, I'm not saying it was the right decision. I'm saying it was my decision. I hit decline, right? And I just thought, that's so weird. I mean, I wasn't touching my phone. It's just sitting on my leg. Like, it was the oddest thing. Like, on its own, it's doing this whole thing and I I don't think too much of it because the pattern and the sequence hasn't taken place thus far and fast forward about the next evening where my husband and I are ministering again with this pastor we were with on Sunday we're now at a young adults gathering in the Washington DC, Maryland area we're walking into the evening service and his phone begins to call 911 on its own he's just holding it, nothing
0: oh no, it's happened twice that must be God calling no it's not she's reading an omen That's forbidden by Scripture. This isn't the voice of God. This is not a prophetic encounter. This is just something else.
1: And he's like, oh my gosh, my phone's calling 911. And I'm like, my phone did that yesterday in Sunday morning service. He goes, what did you do? And I go, I mean, I hung up. And he goes, I'm hanging up too. So he hung up and then they called him back. And he goes, what did you do? And I go, I declined it. And he goes, I'm declining. And again, not always the right decision. It was just our decision. And so I thought, that's odd, right? That's, That's kind of bizarre. And then fast forward and about four days later, I'm at a women's event in Dallas, Texas. I am in the restroom getting ready. I'm about to walk out to preach. I walk out, my phone is on the coffee table. No one's around it. I'm not touching it. It on its own begins to literally sound off an alarm and call 911. I'm like, oh dear Lord. And I run over there. I hit, of course, decline. Like I I end the call and they don't call you back in Dallas, by the way. I I, I was happy about that. So I hung up and I thought, that's odd. That's kind of bizarre. But I went out and I preached. And then a few days later, my husband,
0: which you are forbidden by scripture to do. My husband do. and I
1: were back for a, a gathering of a racial reconciliation again in Dallas. And as my husband began to preach the opening service for this racial reconciliation, my phone began to call 911. And the exact same thing happened. I said, Lord, this is four times in about a one week period. We were then back for Christ for the nations. In-
0: God doesn't do tech support for Apple devices. This is not God the Holy Spirit. This is not God speaking to you.
1: Dallas. Can you tell me we're in Dallas all the time? Literally days later, we're at Christ for the Nations. As soon as we get the rental car, we come out of DFW. We're heading toward Christ for the Nations. Five police cars pull in front of us and they literally create a barricade with their sirens blaring and they lead us to the exact exit of Christ for the Nations. I'm filming this on my phone. I'm like, this is so prophetic.
0: No, it's not. That's not the voice of God, this is the reading of omens. Now there's two fellows in the uh, Old Testament that are notable for engaging in the reading of omens and it didn't go well for them. Let's take a look at the first of these. So in 2 Kings chapter 17, we read about the story of Hoshea and then the fall of, of the Northern Kingdom of Israel, which was a long time in coming. In the ninth year of Hoshea, the king of Assyria—sorry, it wasn't—it wasn't, uh, it wasn't uh, the king of Hoshea is the king of not is, of Israel but of Assyria. Uh, the, the king of Assyria captured Samaria, and he carried off the Israelites away from his Assyria and placed them in Halah, and the, and on the harbor of the river of Gozan, in the cities of the Medes. Yeah. God's scraping the northern kingdom out of the land. And this occurred because the people of Israel had sinned against Yahweh, their God, who had brought them up out of the land of Egypt under the the hand of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and had feared other gods and walked in the customs of the nations whom Yahweh drove out from before the people of Israel and in the customs uh, that the kings of Israel had practiced. And the people of Israel did secretly against Yahweh, their God, God, things that were not right. They built for themselves high places in all their towns, from, from watchtower to fortified city. They set up for themselves pillars and asherim, and on every high hill and under every green tree, and there they made offerings on all the high places as the nations did whom Yahweh carried away before them. And they did wicked things, provoking Yahweh to anger. And they served idols of which Yahweh had said to them, you shall not do this. Yet Yahweh warned Israel and Judah by every prophet and every seer saying, turn from your evil ways and keep my commandments and statutes in accordance with all, uh, with all the law that I commanded your fathers and that I sent to you by my servants, the prophets, but they would not listen. So note, what is God doing here? Turn from your evil ways and keep my commandments. Turn from your evil ways and listen to the Bible. That's what he's saying. And God has commanded people through his prophets. God still commands us through God's prophets and the apostles, by the way, the apostles and the prophets. But would the people listen to God? Would they listen to his prophets? Would they hear his word? Would they turn from their ways and obey the scriptures? No. So they would not listen. They were stubborn as their fathers had been, who did not believe in Yahweh their God, and they despised his statutes and his covenant that he made with their fathers and the warnings that he gave them. They went after false idols and became false, and they followed the nations that were around them concerning whom Yahweh had commanded them, and they should not do like them and they abandoned all the commandments of their of Yahweh their God and made for themselves metal images of two calves and they made asherah and worshiped all the host of heaven and served baal and they burned their sons and daughters as offerings and used divination and omens and sold themselves to do evil in the sight of Yahweh Yeah you've heard of the 10 lost tribes of Israel note that one of the reasons why they were scraped out of the northern kingdom and they are the still the 10 lost tribes to this day in part it's because they were reading and interpreting omens it was all a package deal as far as the abominable practices of the nations that god dis, you know kicked out and they lost their and they lost their land, and it was given to the Israelites. But they didn't keep the commandments of God, so God kicked them out. So used divination, omens, sold themselves to do evil in the sight of Yahweh, provoking Him to anger. Therefore, Yahweh was very angry with Israel, and removed them out of His sight. None was left but the tribe of Judah only. Yeah, Krista um, here is reading omens. This is an abominable practice forbidden by God. This isn't the voice of God. God will not speak to us through omens. That's not what he does.
1: And it's prophetic because I said, Jesus, clearly there's a pattern and there's a sequence. What are you speaking? And I heard the Lord say, I am sounding an alarm in America. And I am letting you know that we are no longer in the current season. You are now officially shifting into a new era
0: grab a prophecy bingo card. Does anyone now have any doubt that this was not God speaking to her through these sequences and patterns? She's interpreting omens. And now the voice of God is giving an interpretation of these omens, which he would never do. And this woman is speaking worthless words and causing people to trust in lies, flat out lies. Now, there is another person uh, in scripture notable also engaged in the reading of omens, and it's a fellow by the name of Manasseh, king of Judah. And uh, things didn't go well for him. He had to end up repenting. Uh, Second uh, Chronicles 33 says this of Manasseh, Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign. He reigned for 55 years in Jerusalem. He did what was evil in the sight of Yahweh, according to the abominations of the nations whom Yahweh drove out before the people of Israel. Is that seeing a pattern here? For he rebuilt the high places that his father Hezekiah had broken. Down, he erected altars to the Baals, made Asheroth, and worshipped all the host of heaven and served them. And he built altars in the house of Yahweh, of which Yahweh had said, In Jerusalem shall my name be forever. And he built altars for all the host of heaven in the two courts of the house of Yahweh. He burned his sons as an offering in the valley of the Son of Hinnom, and used fortune telling and omens and sorcery and dealt with mediums and necromancers. Let me be blunt. Krista Smith claims that she's a prophetic person, that she hears the voice of God, when in reality, she is a, well, she's a New Age pagan, posing as a Christian, claiming to be a prophetess when she's not, and she's engaging in the abominable practices that God forbids, which means she is She's just like the idolaters of the time of Manasseh, just like Manasseh himself. This isn't the voice of Christ or God that that she's hearing. So... He burned his sons as an offering that he used. Fortune tellings and omens sorcery, dealt with mediums and necromancers. He did much evil in the sight of Yahweh, provoking him to anger. And, he, and the carved image of the idol that he had made, he set in the house of God. He actually put you know the, this image inside the temple itself, of which God said to David and to Solomon, his son, in this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever. And I will no more remove the foot of Israel from the land, that I appointed for your fathers, if only they will be careful to do all that I have commanded them and all the law and the statutes and the rules given through Moses. God expects his people to hear his words in the scriptures. And they had abandoned the scriptures altogether. They weren't reading their Bibles at all. They had tossed God's words behind them and they were believing, they were hearing the voice of God in necromancy And in omen reading and in fortune telling, these are abominable practices. They cannot be redeemed. God's people cannot engage in them. They are forbidden. these These voices are not the voice of God. These are the voices of demons, right? So Manasseh led Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem astray to do more evil than the nations whom Yahweh destroyed before the people of Israel. Yahweh spoke to Manasseh and to his people, but they paid no attention. Therefore, Yahweh brought upon them... "...the commanders of the army of the king of Assyria, who captured Manasseh with hooks and bound him with chains of bronze and brought him to Babylon. And when he was in distress, he entreated the favor of Yahweh his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers. He prayed to him, and God was moved by his entreaty and heard his plea and brought him again to Jerusalem into his kingdom." Then Manasseh knew that Yahweh was God. Afterwards, he built an outer wall for the city of David west of Gihon in the valley and for the entrance into the fish gate and carried it, it carried it around Ophel and raised it to a very great height. He also put commanders of the army in all the, the fortified cities in Judah. He took away the foreign gods and the idol from the house of Yahweh and all the altars that he had built on the mountain of the house of Yahweh in Jerusalem, and he threw them outside of the city. He also restored the altar of Yahweh and offered on it sacrifices of peace offerings and of thanksgiving. And he commanded Judah to serve Yahweh, the God of Israel. Nevertheless, the people still sacrificed at the high places, but only to Yahweh, their God. So you get the idea here that uh, Manasseh, he did he did evil. He ended up in Babylon as a result of it, and he had to repent And I would note Krista Smith here, this isn't God speaking. She didn't hear anything from God. Her phone acting up, she needs to call tech support. God had nothing to do with it. This is a deceiving spirit, and she's interpreting omens, which God's word forbids. So listen again to what she says. Because I said,
1: Jesus, clearly there's a pattern and there's a sequence. What are you speaking? And I heard the Lord say, I am sounding an alarm in America, and I let
0: god isn't saying any of these words lady you are blaspheming god you are breaking the commandment that says you shall not take the name of the lord your god in vain. and
1: you know that we are no longer in the current season you are now officially shifting into a new era you're in a new era and he says what you have done in the past season is not for the for in for the upcoming season He's
0: totally non-lucid words. This is just word salad that means absolutely nothing. And everyone's going, woo, way to go. Oh, what a great word. It doesn't mean anything. And she's breaking so many commandments in front of you In fact, the people there at Global Awakening, they clearly don't know their Bibles. If they knew their Bibles, they wouldn't be listening to her preaching. And number two, they would recognize that she starts the sermon off with the reading of omens. They should be fleeing the building lest it cave in on
1: them. You cannot look at how things have worked. In the past era, so to speak, in order to walk into the new era. What the Lord, I believe, was saying was we were shifting. And if we did not understand that there was a crossing over that was about to happen, if not in the moment it was happening, we could miss out on what's available in the new season. Because, friends, if we do not know that we are in a new era, we can keep living like we're in the old season.
0: (sighs) Absolutely ridiculous. Just complete nonsense and totally vapid and empty words. Well, if you don't know that you're living in er a new era, then you're going to live like you're in the old season. What does that even mean? All right. You know, I grew up in the 80s and you know what? I still put my pants on one leg at a time. I still brush my teeth in the same pattern that I established when I was a kid. Same toothpaste even. Right. You know, and does it matter that the era has changed? Nope. Uh, Driving laws are the same except for, well, that now we can go faster than 55 out on the open highways. What you're saying makes no sense. These are totally empty words. This isn't the voice of God. You are a deceiver and you are breaking God's commands.
1: There has to be paradigm shifts. Often there has to be um, a letting go of old belief systems and adopting and applying new belief systems.
0: Yeah, like getting rid of the belief systems of the Old Testament. The reading omens is a sin and an abominable practice forbidden by God. And taking
1: away maybe behaviors or parts of our lifestyle that maybe worked for the last season. God allowed it, but we're not allowed to bring that into the promised land. What
0: are you talking about? You have no clue what the promised land is, do you? The promised land of the Old Testament is a type and shadow of the new earth and salvation. Now, granted, I mean, what God, the salvation that God worked in the book of Exodus was on such a massive scale. And that shows you the great massiveness of Christ saving us and bringing us out. Of this world that is under bondage to sin, death, and the devil, and then finally betting, being set free upon his return when he creates a new heaven and a new earth. That's what that's referring to. You're, you're totally twisting up what the promised land is all about. What does this prove? It proves that the people there at Global Awakening do not know their Bibles at all. They are so deceived. There's the, so much sin happening. In this opening portion of this sermon, and it continues throughout its entirety, that if they knew their Bibles, they would recognize this wickedness and run. But they're all clapping and applauding it. Wow.
1: In very Christianese terms, but I feel like I'm with the right group. I can say this. When you're shifting out of the wilderness seasons in order to obtain the promised land, wilderness behavior and belief systems can't go into the promise.
0: You're not saying anything, lady. You're not saying anything. This isn't God's voice.
1: You can't walk in the promise. You can't obtain the promise. You can't take authority over the promises, so to speak, if you're still living with a wilderness mentality.
0: (laughs) What does that even mean? Totally worthless words. This is just nonsense.
1: But if you don't know that things have shifted, if you haven't heard the alarm. Bingo! If you didn't know that there's a crossing over, you can miss it. And that's not to bring anything other than a heightened awareness of what God is doing at this time in this hour.
0: Yeah. um, God has nothing to do with what you think is going on there. It's just it's just a total mess. If I seem annoyed, I'm annoyed. That's for sure. Brothers and sisters, we are commanded by God to not engage in the reading of omens, and I don't care if somebody claims to be a prophet of God, and if they've given 5,000 accurate prophecies, when they, give you, when they have you go against the commands of God and engage in practices that are forbidden by Scripture— you know you're dealing with a false prophet, a false teacher, and a deceitful spirit, and somebody that should be marked and avoided. Hopefully you found this helpful. If so, all the information on how you can share the video is down below in the description. A big shout out to our crew members. Uh, it's It's you folks, the crew members, the people who support us financially that make it possible for us to continue to bring fighting for the faith to you and to the world. And I want to personally say thank you for every one of you that supports us financially. If you would like to join our crew and support us financially, the information and the link is down below in the description of the video. And until next time, may God richly bless you in the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ and his vicarious death on the cross for all of your sins. Amen.